Well, continuing with our uh, little recent series on uh, people with new stuff going on, we got uh, we've got another one here today. We've got uh, Steve Sims. Uh, big changes for him and what uh, what he's got going on in his moto program and what uh, he's got for the future. So, Steve, man, thanks for uh, chatting with us here tonight. Yeah, thank you uh, for giving me a call. We kind of bounced around for a little bit there to get this done, but thanks for the call tonight. Yeah, between what uh, I mean, obviously you're busy, and what I've got going on here, <laughs> here out in Kamloops, we're uh, yeah trying to get uh, trying to get together. But no, I appreciate it. Here we got. Uh, I mean, wow, you kind of come uh, kind of full circle back to being a, a team manager kind of guy, huh? Yeah, um, I mean, I had to make some decisions. Some of them weren't easy, but. Uh, kind of had to make them before my opportunities that were in front of me um, disappeared. So it's kind of where it, uh, where it went. Um, Brett and I had kind of been briefly talking for quite a while, just, you know, possibilities of something maybe happening and um, things kind of got serious and here we are. Okay, well, hey, so for, I should probably say this because not everybody listening to this will be uh, fingers on the pulse of what's going on in Canadian moto. We've got, uh, this is Steve Sims from the SSR, I always say SSR Racing, but the R is racing, so it's kind of uh, kind of redundant. But uh, Steve Sims Racing, uh, last year, obviously, the past couple of years, owning the, running the Troy Designs SSR Gas Gas team, that uh, that is no longer going. We'll talk about why and what's, uh, what's, what's up with that, of course. But now he is going to be the team manager for the Walton Kawasaki team. Brett Lee and Mel Melody there owning that. So uh, just to fill people in on some of the names we just kind of said there without uh, clarification. But uh, Steve, first of all, let's, let's let's back it up here. So uh, talk about how, how far did you make it when you were racing, by the way? Because I know you're a uh, Vet B guy now. Yeah, Vet B guy for life. Um, <laughs> we, <laughs> we joke about it quite a bit, obviously. Um, I've been put in my place the last few years. I would love to say one of these years I'm going to come back and throw it down but I don't know those days might have sailed a little bit here now maybe <laughs> top tens would be nice um, but yeah um, I made it to pretty much kind of the intermediate class I did do a pro-am race at DeChambeau in 2004 oh. um, I worked for a couple guys had uh, one friend help me out on the line and race so they would meet me at the line with my bike and my helmet and stuff and I would go race and then after the race she would it was a lady and she would take the bike wash it I work on the other guys bikes and uh see her at the line again so it was uh that's about as far as it got I was kind of like okay I need to go figure out how to make money in moto and this is where I landed on my uh, just doing race stuff, shop stuff, and kind of figuring my way through to keep money coming. So at that point, had you had the SSR thing going on, working on stuff, or was it uh, heading with teams like your OTSFF days and everything? What, uh, um, what I kind of started my little thing kind of like 2002, 2003, somewhere around there. Um, just doing little stuff, like like really basic stuff. And then uh, I'd say about 2005, I think it was about 2004, 2005, I started an actual company. And then on and off, it's kind of gone up and down depending what I'm doing and how much time I can um, give to it is kind of how busy it gets. So um, it still operates today. It's never closed. I probably will never close it. Just... It's there. When I have time, I get stuff in. When I can't do it, uh, I just kind of let it sit there. Okay. So you're obviously, I mean, Brett and Mel have to be pretty pumped. I mean, when they 
with uh, they, they get some pretty a lot of experience with that when they get old Steve Sims as their team manager. Like, how many years have you been involved in management and running of teams since? Well, well, I don't even know that it just goes back to just team stuff. I mean, I started in a shop. I was lucky to start my apprenticeship and kind of learn stuff uh, early, out of high like in high school with Bill Burr. Um, I had ran around trying to find somewhere to take me for an apprenticeship in high school. And um, there was a few shops around Brantford and stuff where I grew up, but they were like, well, here's the broom and do it. And I get it. I'm, I was totally okay with it, but I also wanted to learn about bikes and all that kind of stuff and ordering and parts and service and sales. And they were pretty clear that that wasn't going to happen. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to just come here to do your sweeping and not learn anything. <laughs> Um, and then I was fortunate enough, the teacher kind of was like, well, I got one last guy to try. And it was Bill, which I guess had taken some people over the years for him. And I made a drive out to Bill's and um, had a talk with him one day. And he basically uh, said, I don't think you want to do this, but uh, go home, think about it. And if you do, come back in a couple of days and let's talk more. And I think I probably went back the next day and said, I'm doing it. And I wor- worked with him on and off. I worked with him actually for a long time. Hey, were you? Uh, I mean, before I forget, were you in the shop there when I in 1986 when I got the PSI pipe from him? <laughs> no, no. I mean, you're really dating yourself now. I wasn't there that long ago, but <laughs> um, I think it was about 2002, somewhere around there, that I started with him. Um, I just kind of he took me under his wing and taught me what I could know, and you know he was. We cleaned the shop, but he would let me stand over his shoulders, splitting motors and doing suspension and everything else that Bill was really good at. And to this day, I've always been very thankful for that because without that, I mean, I probably wouldn't have ended up here um, where I'm at, just doing what I love to do and going to the dirt bike track, racing and riding and working on bikes. So um, a lot of that goes to him from all those years, but I would go, I had a morning co-op with him I'd go back to school. I would do the afternoon in school and then I'd go back to his place and we'd work. There was nights that I'd work there till one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, drive home, go to school the next morning or walk back to his place for school in the morning and then drive to school and do it all over again every week. So I did that for quite a while. Wow. And then after that ended, I just kind of started working for him. And that was, I think I did probably six or seven years there um, before I kind of moved. I really only... I helped them quite a bit on and off then and then as I kind of got a little bit older and a little few more more steady jobs it was a little harder to do but I would always go out there and if you needed help I would help them and when I moved up to Shelburne area that was kind of the end of really being able to help them just with the distance so yeah so I would say pretty much all of it was Bill that got me here. You know, my dad was a mechanic and stuff too, but Bill was the one that really showed me what to do on the bike side. Okay, cool, man. Okay, so then obviously you had all your years with with the yellow brand too. Yeah, so I kind of started with Andre in 05, I think it was. Um, That kind of started down south at GPF with Tyler. I was down there with Jay, working for Jay. Burke and Tyler had wrecked his bike. I think we were down there training maybe for Montreal Supercross or something, if I believe was right. 
and the bike was broke and nobody was there to fix it. And I kind of said to him like, Oh, I can fix it for you. So <laughs> we made a couple calls and I got it going. And then that was kind of put me on the map with Andre. And from there I talked to Andre. It was kind of a weird deal. He was only an hour and a bit from my house in Brantford and he was pretty adamant one day. I don't know why it was that I needed to come to Montreal Supercross to meet him. So I jumped in the car and drove to Montreal, watched the races and met him. And that was kind of where the relationship started there. Um, so from there I went, I think it was 05, 06, somewhere around there to basically the end of 08. And then I did some snowcross stuff for him. I kind of bounced back to him in 2014 and then basically worked for him until he shut down from 14 to 2020. Wow, cool man! All right, now I know we uh, we I called you to talk about uh, your new stuff here, but of course uh, I don't have to type this, so it's kind of fun to just some people maybe don't know the story. It's always good to get these things on record. I like uh, yeah, so we're just kind of filling in some blanks if there are any blanks to people. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll get to the new stuff here eventually. But uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. So so then okay, so then you get the idea. You know what? I think I'm going to start my own team how, how does this happen and how easy was it how difficult was it uh what's what's how'd that all happen yeah i mean over the years it's kind of i've worked at dealerships i've worked at shops i've worked for the race teams i've mechanic i've been a manager so i kind of have a pretty broad range of experience and uh i don't know it was just kind of something i always had in the back of my head that if something went on i would like to do something myself and the 2020 shutdown with Rockstar kind of bouncing away from motorsports as much as they did kind of shut the art, shut Andre's team down and kind of left me sitting there wondering what to do. But um, I talked to Andre. I had all the contacts for sponsors. He wasn't moving forward with anything else. So he was open to letting me contact them all again to try and bring them to my own team. Um, and I mean, honestly, it wouldn't have happened without that being possible. So Andre letting me do that was a big thing. Um, I can't thank him enough for that. And it kind of let me just move sponsorship from basically OTSFF to Steve Sims Racing and build the team from there. I didn't have to go start from nothing with no sponsors knowing who I was. So that was a big help. I mean, I don't know that it would have been possible to do that without having those connections already. Um, yeah. And then from there, it just kind of grew for three years there. And here we are now shutting it down and moving on to the Cowies. All right. Now I guess, well, we're gonna have to ask you, how does it, uh, you know, how does it happen that uh, you end up shutting down? I mean, you know, obviously some riders some good up and cut daniel elmore or some you know guys like certainly some up and coming guys what uh, what uh, how does it come to have to make this tough decision to close the doors obviously you're probably i'm assuming you're just making too much money and said okay that's enough yeah i mean i just i couldn't find enough places on my property to bury it anymore so <laughs> i just thought i'd give it up to somebody else to <laughs> to try and give them the opportunity to do the same thing no um you know it was good i mean I'm I'm a hardworking guy. I don't have a ton of money to back it. So, you know, I have to stay within my budgets. And that's, I mean, obviously a lot of people seen that. I had to operate my program very differently um, to do that. But I feel like it was for what I had and what I could do. It was a very success, successful program. And I had some great guys. We had some guys that just didn't work out. I mean, they're still great people. It just didn't work out on the level of motocross. 
Um, I still talk to some of them regularly. Some of them I talk to when I go down to the supercrosses and stuff. So like, I still talk to everybody. Um, yeah. So that's kind of, kind of what it was. Okay. So how, how did it work? Like, did you, when, you know, when the writing was on the wall, as it were, whatever you want to say, and then had you started talking with Brett and kind of like seeing what other options are there? Like did Brett know, or how did it, uh, was, you know, did it close and then this all came up? How did it, how, what was the order there? No, Brett and I had kind of talked a little bit here and there. He didn't really know what way he wanted to go yet with them. Um, I wasn't, I honestly, when I went to Calgary, I really didn't know for the last Supercross round. I really didn't know at that time. It was one minute, it was one way. The next minute, it was another way. We were full on, we were going again. So um, it wasn't like I knew for a long time. Um we went to Supercross in Calgary. Danny rode great. We got through it. Everything was good. Danny got into a solid Supercross season for him, um, which was awesome. He had an amazing outdoor series, and then to be able to finish it off solid in Arena Cross, Supercross, whatever you want to call it in there, um, was really good. So it was, you know, I was pumped on it. Um, but unfortunately, me being pumped on it just isn't enough to make the whole program go. So then. So money started disappearing. Um, the other team disappeared. I was hoping things might work out a little bit differently. And then when I reached out about different things, it just seemed like they were just doors were just shutting on it. Um, there was no more extra support. There was no more money to be found. So that's when I was kind of at that point, it started getting tough because I can't operate on less than I was already doing. Um, so it kind of opened the point of talking more serious with Brett. Um, like maybe this is something we really could do. And I kind of sat down with him and Mel and we kind of went over things, went back and forth. And even Brett, he was like, come on, let's do this. Let's do this. And I wasn't 110% at the moment to do it. And I know he knew that at the time, but um, I just wanted to make sure that my own thing I just couldn't find enough to do it. And that was when I couldn't, that was it. I pulled the plug and Walton signed me. <laughs> well, it's good. I mean, obviously the one, you know, that, that door closed, but uh, I mean, obviously we need you. I mean, any team obviously is lucky to have you there. And anyway, that just makes me think of that too. What, how, how does this come to be that no matter what happens anywhere, like I'm at every race, I'm all over the track myself. Whenever something happens, the first guy there is Steve Sims. What's what is your like? What is your medical background? Like you're just always the first guy there. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much of a medical background. Um, last year, to be honest with you, I had planned to do a bunch of courses um, over the winter, um, and then I obviously got hurt myself, and that kind of changed. That took a big hit on me, and it took a lot of my plans that I had and time away. So I never did do that. I've done some courses here this fall, um, and I do plan to do another course, but um, I don't know. I just, I have a good relationship with Ron at the track. He's shown me a lot, um, taught me a lot. We work well together. I don't really panic when stuff goes on when he's there or together um, with guys getting hurt and stuff. So. It's kind of just one of those things. I seem to be, I, don't, I watch a lot of races, which makes it that I see a lot of crashes. Um, and I go to a lot of races. So when you combine those two things, you're going to see a lot more. Um, 
and I'm just willing to help anybody out that's out there that is hurt. And, um, yeah, I don't really have an answer for you. It, <laughs> it happens. I'll, I'll jump the gate. Ron's there. He's okay with it. Most people seem to be okay with it. And I do what I can, whether it's directing the riders around them, trying to help flagging, whatever it is. I'm just, I'm there to help either the rider, the medic, or just the riders on the track to keep them safe from not hitting somebody else. Um, because I mean, sometimes that is a big thing. Um, so just kind of where it falls for me. I just, it, it's, uh, I've been hurt enough myself over the years riding and it's always nice to have somewhat of a comfort face there to know that they're helping you. Yeah. Like I'm, I would have to rack my brain to think of a, a, a crash or anything that's happened in the past few years where I haven't seen you in there hands on. So it's uh, pretty impressive, man. So good on you for uh, getting in there and doing that. Yeah, uh, some of them are good, some of them are bad, but I mean, at the end of the day, I just, I want to make sure the guys are comfortable and some of the stuff that I've been at, you know, the guys clearly aren't comfortable and sometimes some comfort just comes from having somebody you know around the track just being there and not just being somebody you don't know. You well, know, when Eric got hurt and stuff out west, you know, we don't know the medics out there that well and to be there with them is just kind of a it helps you relax a little bit and focus on what you need to focus on to try and figure out what's going on with you. Um, I mean, at the same time, (laughs) I was 10, 15 feet from Eric when he crashed and like, it was kind of weird. I was just out there walking around the track, looking at the track to see what it looked like. And it just happened that I turned around and he was there. I was, you know, I was watching his race, but I was out there looking at the track at the same time. And there he was just cartwheeling beside me and, it's kind of the same thing like they it was kind of laughed about at um calgary I, I walked in the door to watch ayrton's race um and that kid launched himself into the upper deck like i had only been in the, the arena probably 10 minutes at best i had literally walked in talked to danny wandered around on the main floor for a minute walked up the stairs and was standing where the bikes come through and <laughs> completely watched him just launch into the stands so um, whether you call that good timing or bad timing, it's, you know, I was there. So it's, uh, I don't know, but yeah, so just there to help. That's what it basically comes down to. Well, I'll tell you, it's kind of reminded me of, uh, not a, not a funny story, but a story about, I, you know, same thing. I remember when Brent Worrell got hurt at Walton and I looked over and, you know, I knew he didn't know anybody there. So I ran over and said, oh, you know, I want to be, you know, I'll be a familiar face there to kind of get in there and make him feel comfortable. So I did that. And well, wouldn't you know it, he actually puts it in his book that uh, he knew it was really bad when he looked up and saw the look on my face. So I apparently I completely backfired in my comforting of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's tough. And I mean, Brett's Brett's situation was is it's tough. I mean, he's been soldiering through a lot of things. He's had a lot of complications, but. You know, at the same time, hopefully it maybe was a comforting face. He may have known that, but at the same time, it might have helped him at some point, right? So, well, uh, yeah. I thought I was helping. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's all you can do is try, right? Mm-hmm. So, All right, man. Well, I, you, you kind of touched on that. Now, you had that, man, you had almost a life-changing crash too, man. You you got land on it, that, uh, that just had a fun event and everything. How are you these days? Uh, anything, any residual pains or injury? Like, how are you? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty good. Um, I'll never 
really be a hundred percent again, but oh. you know, at the same time I've gotten older. So to say it's all from the crash, I'm not going to say that, but, <laughs> um, you know, I'm back riding, riding my bike when I can racing. Um, I do all the things I enjoyed before. So, I mean, it's, it's not that it's a bad thing. Um, but it definitely puts your life in a different perspective at times. Um, you know, thinking about different things and, you know, one of the things when it happened, like my mom was there and my daughter and, you know, you try to be the tough guy at the time and you're just like, yeah, no, I know I need an ambulance. And like, I didn't know the extent of it. Um, I kind of started gathering it when the medic got there really quickly and called for air backup right away. Um, I was kind of like, Ooh, that might not be so good here, <laughs> but I was still conscious, still just breathing on my own, talking to them. And, you know, I kind of asked her, asked everybody to make sure Evie was just playing over by herself. Well, not by herself, but there was other kids there. She was overplaying and not to let them come over. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you look back at some of that stuff, it's, uh, you wish that maybe you would have said something before you left. No, oh, well. so, you know, you just never know. Wow, man. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, I mean, yeah, like you say, you're back. And again, it was one of those freak accidents. I mean, obviously when we crash, we can always kind of justify it somehow. Something happened to cause it, you know what I mean? But uh, yours definitely was, uh, you know, one that you can kind of, you can kind of put behind you and get back on a bike. You know what I mean? Because that was a pretty, pretty rare, weird thing that happened. But Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent, it was just shitty deal for both of us. I mean, um, it just, both of us happened to be in the wrong spot at the wrong time on a fun day. And, you know, I, I always look back and I'm just glad that it was only one of us and not both of us or a bunch of us could have been, um, in a pile. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, as negative as some people think I can be, there's always a lot of positives to it. <laughs> I, I always, you know, I'm pretty hard on the negative side of things a lot of the time, but I do definitely see positive things. And, um, there's a lot of things that came out of that, that were, we were lucky and good. You know, I had full gear on, we were all properly dressed and everything else. So, um, you know, protective gear goes a long way and, I've always been a big supporter of chest protectors and stuff. I can't stand when I see guys just not wearing them. And I truly believe that one saved me as bad as I was. It saved me from a lot worse. Oh, for sure. Sure. Um, Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's switch gears. Uh, let's, let's switch gears to the up and coming, the future, what everything's going on here. So, I mean, uh, I know how I like how seeing the press release and everything, the, uh, the team's kind of, everybody's kind of doing this kind of F1ing up the situation, calling people team principals and all that kind of stuff. So what is your official, your official things is Brett and Mel, are they calling themselves principal? What are they calling themselves? Yeah, I think that's kind of where they, I think I read it somewhere. <laughs> it's something that I read. I believe they, they're the team principal. Um, I don't know. My goal is just kind of come in there and just try and give my knowledge of what I have, what I know has worked over the years, what I've seen not work, and try to just point the direction to build the team that they dream of and a championship team at some point. Um that's i mean ultimately that's when you're when you're running a team like that that's your ultimate goal and they've got two really good riders signed and that's it's a goal that's reachable um so um just basically point the thing in the direction that i hope i can do and run it to the way that it needs to be to be a 
podium team every weekend and, and grab a championship here and there. Nice. Okay, so we're talking, uh, we got Quinn Amiot, 250s. We got Tanner Ward, 450. Any talk of uh, a WMX rider? Any talk of uh, who else we got? We bring it up still. Uh, there's talks um, for sure. Um, nothing's inked in or solid, but it's sounding like there will probably be a ladies rider and a possibly another rider. There we go. Uh, another amateur rider. So um, that's about where I'll leave that. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to say, don't say too much. I know. Uh, well, it's fresh and it's new and I just, I don't want to say too much before it's all happened, right? So. Okay. So what is the, um, what's the winter looking like? Were you head down for, are you guys doing a team shoot somewhere? Are your guys going somewhere? I know Quinn likes to go to Dreamland and stuff. What uh, What's... What's the plan for you guys? Yeah, I believe Quinn's going to go over there to Renslands, um, do his thing that he's been doing there. Um, I believe Tanner's going to end up at GPF. The last time I kind of talked to him, it wasn't 110%, but he was pretty much decided that's where he was going. Um, so, I mean, neither one of those are far from each other. Um, at some point here, it's kind of early. I'm not full-time there at Walton yet, so... We're just kind of right. trying to get things sorted out. And when I start there January, that it's a lot easier. We're not just starting from scratch right then. So um, don't have full dates of when we're doing testing or when everything's going to happen. But um, the guys will be down there riding and training and stuff. And then I'll probably make a couple of runs down here and there just to check on them and help them and freshen a few things up while I'm down there. Okay. Now I know. Also, I know there's some uh, maybe some changes going on suspension wise, motor wise, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, can you talk about any of that? Like, what uh, any kind of changes or anything finalized? Nothing finalized. It's kind of we got a lot of. The, the good thing is we have a lot of opportunities on the plate, um, directions that we can go. So um, we've kind of been sitting down, talking about them, and picking the pros and the cons out of them, and. In the coming week here or so, or maybe two weeks, we're going to really have to sit down and, and make final decisions on which way we go on everything. Okay, interesting. Okay, so what uh, what do you have in your, uh, what kind of bike do you have in your garage? What are you going to have? Um, right now, I still have quite a few KT, or all gas gases. Um, <laughs> I purchased a 350 from Country Corners there, just... Well, I kind of purchased it after Walton, uh, but I only got it just after it snowed here. So it's sitting there brand new in the corner. And <laughs> I still have my 450 that I finished out the year on. Um, I don't know. I'm interested to try Cowie. Um, I've liked the cockpit on them over the years. And I've definitely been listening to stuff on this new one. And I'm definitely interested to throw a leg over it and see what I think of it. Okay, nice. Yeah, I'm uh, okay. I'm sure you'll be making that. Uh, you'll be making that switch as the spring rolls around. I'm sure. Yeah, I, I'm sure I can only roll into Walton so many times before with a, with a red bike <laughs> in the back before somebody says something. <laughs> yeah, once I think once will be that number. Uh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> hey, all right, Steve. Well, uh, you know, thanks for Che. What do you got? To, what does your Christmas look like there? Are you a big Christmas guy? I'm not. Um, I enjoy just trying to have a little bit of downtime, but it doesn't usually happen that way. I kind of always find myself doing something. Um, but, um, yeah, got my daughter for a few days over Christmas. So it'll, it should be good. Try and keep it calm and close to home and 
do a nice Christmas. All right, man. Well, okay. Well, uh, yeah, again, thanks for chatting. It's kind of fun this time of year. We do have uh, some big changes in our industry, right? Sometimes there's not much to talk about. This season, or, uh, this silly season seems to be uh, a little sillier than normal. We've got uh, quite a few changes going on. Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot. Um, there's talk of some other stuff coming along. There's some talk of a new team or two coming along. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, come February where everything drops and who's where and what teams are left and what teams are kind of come in new again. And I say, I, I forgot to ask you too, when we were talking about, uh, you know, shutting your old team down and stuff, and we mentioned Daniel Elmore quite a bit and uh, Sam Gaynor. Uh, do you know what those guys are going to do? What are you going to, what, so where are those guys pointing? Uh, Sam's actually going to head down, I believe, to an arena cross this weekend, tomorrow, um, to race there. Um, and Sam's just kind of, I don't really know. Sam wants to do some U.S. stuff. He wants to do some Canadian rounds. I think he still wants to do some 125 stuff, pre-mix stuff. Um, I think Sam's kind of just an open book and just no full solid plan, just wants to make the fun out of it and go do some races he hasn't done and do the races that he enjoys up here too. So, um, and then Danny kind of left Danny hanging. I feel super bad about it. Um, he was asking about it obviously before Calgary. And like I said, going into Calgary one minute, I thought I had a deal going that I was happy enough to keep going. And then next it was not. And, um, I believe Gas Gas has reached out to him to try and support him with discounted bikes and stuff, but um, it would be nice to really see him land. Like Danny's definitely not the most talented kid, but he is very driven, well-mannered, clean, gets up in the morning, goes to the gym kid, and like to see him not get another opportunity um, that he deserves um, would be a bummer, but... Um, just never know. You never know where he lands with the, you know the talk of a couple, well, at least one other team coming in, if not another one. Maybe he'll land there. So um, <laughs> it's hard to say, but yeah, it's. Uh, I know he wants to go racing and stuff again. So it was a bummer for me not to be able to keep it going for him. All right, all right, Steve. Hey, man, that was uh, great, man. I think we kind of covered everything there. I think anything, uh, anything you can think of that we missed that you want to mention. No, I think that's uh, that's it's probably too good much for now, at least. <laughs> and uh, you know, it, it's just a bummer. I mean, uh, it was a dream to run the team, and it uh, just couldn't keep it going. So, um, with that, I had other opportunities, and I look forward to working with Brett and Mel and the boys over at the team. And uh, maybe you know, the ultimate, the end goal was to make you know one team closes, and we make a, a better team out of the two. So. Um, hopefully with my move over there I can I can help that hey wait a second I just thought what's 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 Yuri gonna do I'm not 100% sure yet <laughs> uh, he's gonna yeah, take this harder yeah. than anybody yeah he he's uh, I think he's maybe a little bit lost uh, <laughs> mom's not quite sure what she's gonna do and yeah it's like it, it, it affects a lot more than just myself like you know some people are just like oh the team closed down but um, for me, you know, the, the closing of the team was probably the easiest part. You know, it's you know, it's not nice to not have Danny and Sam and those guys have rides, but not having the team was also going to affect amateur racing a lot for me because 
the team had me there myself, um, helping, supporting tools, parts, products, you know, stuff like that, that, you know, some of that's going to go away. And that, to me, that's a bigger hit than the team going away. Right. Um, you know, at the amateur AMO level, all that kind of stuff. I always put my best foot forward. Somebody needed help. I was still working at 10 o'clock with the guys under our tent every week or every night at Walton. You had a problem, didn't matter what bike it was, brought it over and we'd work on it. If we could fix it, we fixed it. So, um, you'll still, you'll still be doing that. (laughs) Well, I'll still do it, but I mean, it's, it's not my team anymore. So I gotta, you know, I gotta run within rules and guidelines and everything else. So, um, you know, that stuff is gonna, you know, I can't just do it myself now. So, um, it's a bummer because it was a, I think it was a good thing for amateur racing too. Um, the race trailer showing up at some of them and their guys showing up and the support that I was able to give through the race team, um, to amateur racing. Right. So that for me, that's the hardest part to let this one go, huh. but but I'll be there. I'll still be doing it. And like you said, I'll still be helping whoever if they need the help. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve. Well, that's, um, hey, I, I mean, obviously, I mean, we always end these things with asking if you want to thank anybody. I mean, you, you may have a long list. You may not want to, I don't know what you want to do. Do you want to thank some people or to, before we let you go? No, I mean, I just, I can't thank the sponsors that came on board for the last three years with the TLD Gas Gas SSR team. Um, you know, without those guys, Cody, Yuri, Jeff, Sam, Danny, my mom. Oh, who else? Anyone else? I mean, it was it was a good run. It was fun. We had a hell of a time, and I look forward to the new venture that I've got here and see what I can do with it. So, and I just can't now. I guess it would be thanking Brett and Mel for bringing me on board and seeing what we can do together. All right. Well, how about we end it there, man? Thank you very much for taking us through. Uh, this has been your life, Steve Sims. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> my life's been moto since basically 2000. So um, <laughs> it's going to continue at least for a little longer. I still love doing it. I love going to the track and all that. So until that fire dies, I'll be there. Nice. All right. Well, um, yeah, I guess uh, I'll see you at the races. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure at the races, maybe before that, who knows. (laughs) All right, thanks for your time, Steve. Good luck, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and we'll talk to you soon. You too, thanks for the call. Okay, see you, man, bye-bye. All right, bye-bye.